Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying only on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots. It's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man. That state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is the Secret Teachings Radio. The email is rdgable at yahoo.com if you'd like to contact us for any reason, rdgable at yahoo.com. Twitter, tst underscore underscore radio. You can tweet at us on Twitter, follow us on Twitter. Facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings is our Facebook page, of course. You can follow us there and keep up to date on upcoming episodes of The Secret Teachings. I post the promos there early or either early in the morning or early in the afternoon, Monday through Friday. The show, of course, airing 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, right after Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero. Thank you so much for tuning in. To make sure that you always can listen to the show when it airs live, check out Ground Zero dot radio. That is the best, most reliable source, ground zero dot radio or the aftermath FM application. You can also check out our website, www.thesecretteachings.info, where you'll find our show archive. And even if you're not a subscriber, you can still listen to that archive. There are monetized advertisements, of course, because that is how we finance this show. So if you'd like to get rid of those advertisements, and help to finance us directly rather than listening to those outside ads, you can subscribe to the show archive on the website, which gets you access without the ads to that same archive, plus montages, our montage archive, hundreds of montages that we make, plus you'll get access to the show early in the day, and you'll get access to a private RSS feed, so you can just plug that directly into your podcast or radio player, and when you do that, You can listen to the show just like normal. If the show were totally free with advertisements, you just won't have to listen to those advertisements. You get that RSS feed, that link. And it's all pretty straightforward, www.thesecretteachings.info. But if you have any questions, email us, rdgable at yahoo.com. Last night's show about the revitalization, the revamping, the reincarnation, the bringing back to life of a certain handful of pigs that had been dead for an hour. That show is in the archive to listen, to stream, and to download. That's a really strange story, but it's not a story that is unique because the Soviets did it back in the 1920s, and scientists have been using electrical stimulation to, in some capacity, bring animals, you know, dead bodies animal heads like the Soviets did back to life. Uh, Really not back to life. They're just stimulating the nervous system. But in some cases, um, with this new chemical concoction these scientists have that we talked about last night, Organ X, they claim they were able to bring the pigs without consciousness or so that they could, you know, determine or classify, but they could bring the pigs back to life. And for a lot of people, that's a very very satanic or very evil thing. I mean, but basically it's scientific necromancy and it shows that science and magic and things like that aren't, they aren't so different. They really come from the same, same desire to control the the world around us and to understand, which is the origin of magic and mythology to understand the world around us. But it becomes really difficult to understand the world around us when we are 24 hours a day, Even in our dreams, we leave the TV on, we go to sleep with the radio on, subconscious picks up what we're listening to in the background. 24 hours a day, some of us, for others, waking hours at the very least, we are inundated, we are absolutely submerged in an ocean, in a sea, in a tsunami, 
disinformation, misinformation, various forms of propaganda, both positive and negative. It's really hard to figure out what is happening outside of our personal spaces, outside of our homes, outside of our our minds. For example, you know, I, I don't watch TV. Really, I watch, I have a lot of old DVDs. I like watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's one of my favorite shows. So I watch those on DVD. But I did find a, um, I have a little rabbit ear antenna for my TV. And sometimes I'll turn that on and I'll watch local news. And I saw ABC News last night, CNN, and I think it was, it was ABC. There's an NBC was the other one. And I flipped back and forth between these channels. And I listened to the local news tell me about how an 85-degree sustained temperature at the beginning of August is somehow proof of global warming, and it's proof that we need drastic climate legislation passed. It's proof that the ice caps are melting finally. It's proof of all the, the same standard scientific dogma. But it's funny because 85 degrees and one the the local station, you know, I'm watching was actually a uh, um, I had found a stream online to uh, some other local. I was looking at different local stations. I found one in Florida, which is where I'm from. And they're saying it's 85 degrees in Florida. This is this is too much. This is global warming. This is intense heat. This is a heat advisory. It's it's past it's past 11 p.m. It's 85 degrees. And I just sit there and I watch it thinking I lived in Florida it's still summer, and um, it's also the peak of the sun's 11-year solar maximum cycle. So 85 degrees is not an emergency. I mean, maybe if you don't have air conditioning, you don't have water, and you've been in the sun all day, you might be you know, at, at risk of uh, exposure, uh, be, becoming very sick, very ill, passing out. But this is not a, an emergency otherwise. It's just the way that they paint the the eighty five degree marker with with red. Now it's not it's not green anymore. It's red. Everything's every temperature is red. And then I flip through uh, some other channels, right? And I'm flipping through other local news stations, and I get one that tells me that the FBI had executed uh, a search warrant on Donald Trump's home, Mar-a-Lago, and that. Um, I listened to these three lawyers for about, well, there were two lawyers. One guy wasn't a lawyer, but he was like a legal uh, researcher, writer, or something. I'm sitting there listening to it, and I, I'm not a supporter of Donald Trump, but I'm listening to this garbage. It's like here in Tucson, it's like 8, 30, 9 o'clock p.m., and um, I'm listening to it, and this these these lawyers and these this guy's talking, they're, they're saying, well, well, normally when they give out, you know, a court gives out a, uh, a search warrant, there has to be probable cause. We don't really know if there's been probable cause in this case, but we can assume if the court gave it out, we can assume that there's absolutely no bias in the court's judgment. That just the guy said that's just there is no bias. It's completely objective. They know that Donald Trump did this. They can't they haven't been able to prove it. That's why they had to get the search warrant and the FBI had to raid his home. But and I'm just sitting there thinking because I had watched, funny enough, I had watched C-SPAN earlier in the day, and all C-SPAN was peddling two things. You know, I know they play everything, but they were peddling two things. They were plug, playing, uh, uh, they were plugging the uh, the dangers of the climate crisis, and then the other thing was like January sixth hearings. 
And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, I mean, if we're really truly living in this dangerous period of time with all of this corruption, all of this evidence of corruption, especially for one side of the political spectrum, if you will, then why have they not been able to provide us with any more evidence of these things? Like, you would think that the January 6th hearing would be able to produce front page headline evidence every hearing even before the hearings, and yet that they don't. And, and you would think the same thing with Donald Trump. If this obsession with Donald Trump, which people that hate Donald Trump are just as obsessed with the guy that, and I think more obsessed with the guy than people that actually like him, that they're rabid. And if they were able to be, if they were coming into possession of all the things that Trump supposedly did, they would be able to put those things on the nightly you know, news, not just talk about and speculate. But that's pretty much all the news is, of course. And we know that. We know that that's pretty much all the news is. In fact, it's such a common knowledge, I think, now that we just don't even trust the news. That's why we don't really watch the news and we turn our attention to, to things online. We, we watch you know, videos, we watch radio shows, we, watch, we listen to radio shows. We, we watch things uh, from alternative to the mainstream sources. I was actually flipping through a book. Uh, a friend of mine wrote, Brad Olson, he wrote a book called Future Esoteric, and uh, just a, an interesting quote from the book that relates to what we're discussing here. He said, TV reporters passively or deliberately doctor their material by crafting, quote, everyone thinks stories, implying a general consensus. The message gets repeated by all official news outlets to create a general consensus via groupthink. Seeking to understand the situation, the viewer then repeats the talking points to friends, coworkers, and family, thus perpetrating the propaganda and gradually solidifying the story as true. And of course, if you question beyond that, may I see some proof or may I see some evidence, you get called names, you're put into a category or you're classified as being something that you're not, all for asking for evidence or for proof of what the group has determined to be factual, to be reality. I mean, we are constantly, constantly encouraged to consider the dangers of false or fake information, fake news. But we are never informed to the nature of misdirection, which is arguably more dangerous than outright fake news or false news or fake or false information or outright propaganda. Virtually every major social, economic, cultural, and political issue is the focal point of a public concern that is generated through either political bias or something that is, a, is an offshoot of political bias, something like political correctness and social justice. These are the focal points of our public concern of distrust in the, quote, system or certain parts of the system public concern, public outrage, or in some cases, blind acceptance based on nothing but the authoritative sources that are presenting the information that everybody thinks, everybody believes, the experts say, the experts believe, doctors say, doctors believe, firefighters believe, firefighters say, police say, police believe. It's the same exact talking points, the same exact lines of every single story. And today, of course, we communicate largely with emojis, hashtags, memes, and abbreviations. But more than anything, we communicate through 
fallacy. So in other words, we communicate through fallacy more than we communicate through memes, hashtags, emojis, and abbreviations, and more than false or fake information, false or fake news, if you will, being dangerous, is the danger of misdirection. It's misdirection and fallacy, and fallacy is in and of itself a form of misdirection, depending on the kind of fallacy. These are the types of things that drive the conversation and that drive the mindset, that drive the hive mind, that drive the group thing. There are so many different types of fallacies, and sometimes you might not even realize you're you're the victim of using a fallacy or having one used on you all the time. I mean, we know about the ad hominem fallacy, right? When you attack the person rather than attacking or addressing or debating or discussing the issue at hand. You know, you, you don't like, um, you know, Donald Trump's a great example. You don't like Donald Trump because he, he said or did something you don't like. So that means that the good stuff he does, you also don't like that. And the same thing is true for Joe Biden. I can't think of something that I actually like about Joe Biden, but if I if I could, I could at least separate that from, you know, making fun of the guy for being on video for 11 minutes and only blinking five or six times. It's fun. It's funny. It's an omen. It's not very good. It doesn't make the country look good. It's kind of demeaning, degrading. It's kind of despicable. It's kind of grotesque. It's, but at the same time, if Joe Biden did something that was actually good, I would agree with that. I just don't really see a lot of the things that the guy does you know i don't really see a lot of those things as as good so the issue here is how we address topics or individuals and how we appeal to things that often sound nice or sound good like for example the the double standard the hypocrisy of election fraud right election fraud it's it's all anybody's talking about it's it's you know part of the january 6th hearings but we were told that for four years russia interfered in the 2016 election and if you did not believe that you were delusional you didn't believe in facts and now it's the total opposite of reality and i don't think that's a republican or democrat thing i think that's state propaganda it's that kind of thing because it confuses us and it, it, it makes reality more difficult to discern what is real and what is not real. How can the same people that told us this now be telling us this? And how can it be so contradictory? How can it be such a double standard? Do these people actually believe this? I mean, am I wrong? And you start to question yourself and you start to question your reality. An appeal to ignorance is another classic fallacy. An appeal to ignorance, basically saying that something is true just because you say that it's true or a hasty generalization. That's what I saw on CNN last night. Hasty generalizations or red herrings to distract and to lead us astray from whatever the root source of the problem actually is. I think maybe the most popular kind of argument is the false dichotomy. I, I really think the false dichotomy fallacy and if you sit down and you read about what these fallacies are, you'll notice that it is they are the cornerstones of virtually every single talking point, again, socially, politically, economically, etc. But a, a false dichotomy, or more popularly known as a false dilemma, is an informal fallacy based on a premise that erroneously limits what options are available. So the classic example of this, probably the, I mean, it's in the textbooks, I would assume, is the George Bush statement, you're either with us, or you're with the tourists. I used to call them tourists. You're with us, or you're with the tourists. That's a false dichotomy. 
You either support the Democratic Party or you're a racist. That's a classic false dichotomy. You either support Donald Trump or you hate America. Another false dichotomy. Other times, the misappropriation of concern that we have for whatever the issue is and the lack of context diverts important resources for feel-good beliefs and self-fulfilling prophecies. Climate change, global warming is a perfect example of that. Lots of other examples abound, however. For example, we believe that social isolation will keep us healthy. But according to what is an astounding piece in the American Heart Association and a scientific statement published on the 4th of August, 2022, from the American Heart Association, social isolation and loneliness increase the risk of death from heart attack and stroke. They lead to a 30% increase. Heart disease is already the leading cause of death for men, leading cause of death for humans, and becoming the leading cause of death for, for, for women uh, in comparison with other things that have traditionally been the leading cause of death for women. If you are socially isolated and you feel alone, even if you're not, but if you feel that way, it wears and tears on the body and the mind, the soul, the spirit, and it actually scientifically can be demonstrated. This is the American Heart Association of all people, the people that take money from you know uh, uh, meat manufacturers and producers and fast food restaurants and even the American Heart Association's like, okay, loneliness statistically will increase your risk of heart attack and stroke by... 30%. Now, not 3%, 30%. That is a massive increase. So we socially isolate to keep ourselves healthy because we think that's the science, although it's not the science, and we've never isolated healthy individuals. Yet the science actually shows that when you socially isolate, this leads to heart attack and stroke. This leads to people becoming depressed and anxious. And especially if you're on your phone in the process of that, we talked about it last week. Hickory Dickory Doc, the Mao's set up TikTok. It's a show in the archive at the secret teachings.info. And on that show, we talked about law. It's been long known. Every study that's been conducted on this anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, these are all things that are a result of social media, all things that are a result of applications uh, that, you know, maybe we don't even think about as social media, just things that. I, I see things. I'm like, what, what? what is that application? But it's like something popular everybody's using. I'm not involved in that world. I'm not invested in that world, so I don't know. But all those social media applications, it is well known, just like your cell phone, anxiety, depression, suicide, et cetera. These things increase, of course, risk of heart attack and stroke, et cetera. And yet we tell people to isolate to keep them healthy. And it doesn't actually keep you healthy. It actually makes you sicker. Another great example, we're informed that murder and gun violence are spiking everywhere. It's horrible. Despite the fact that murder and gun violence, gun crimes are actually statistically down. Gun crimes are down, I think it's like, what was it? It was like hundreds of thousands of cases since 2019. I don't have the study in front of me from the Bureau of Justice Statistics, the FBI. But I do know that there was an article from the New York Times, huge article, nobody's talking about, August 8th, so this was yesterday, Nationwide shootings are down 4% this year compared to the same time last year. In big cities, murders are down 3%. The decrease in murders continues for the rest of 2022. It will be the first year since 2018 in which they fell in the United States. Now, see, this is something that Republicans do a lot of. They say, well, the crime rate's skyrocketing. Uh, well, they're right. This crime rate is skyrocketing, but that's also because certain kinds of crime 
are increasing, but they're not increasing above what they were prior to the so-called pandemic. They're simply statistically climbing to where they were right about at the time of the pandemic. Now, certain crimes certainly went up, certain crimes went down, but certain kinds of violent crimes only are going up now because they had declined because of lockdowns and other things like that. And now it takes you know a year or two years to get the statistical data to go through it and to present it. So that's why you get these discrepancies in terms of years and what's going on during those years. It's kind of like when people say, oh, my God, look at this. The ice caps are melting in, in, in the Arctic. And it's like, well, yeah, that's because you took a picture of them in the summer. Take a picture of them in the winter down there when it's summer up here and you'll see that they're actually very large. Context matters a lot. These things matter a lot. But that's the same thing with Democrats. Oh, Joe Biden's got the best job you know, rating ever. Well, when you create 87,000 new IRS agents, you're just creating 87,000 new government jobs. You could have decimated millions of other jobs in, 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 in the economy otherwise, in the private sector. Creating new jobs by mandate and by, by taxing, et cetera, that doesn't, that, doesn't very, that doesn't really bode well. And especially when you're saying, well, jobs are in. Well, that's because why is jobs increasing? Because people were out of work for a long time and they're going back to work now. Republicans and Democrats they do the exact same thing. It's just a big fraud. It's a scam. You got to be aware of these kinds of things. Here's another one. We, we, you know, we see PSAs for alcohol and driving all the time. That's great. Billboards don't drink and drive. But what about and I've asked this question myself for years. Finally, there's a study on it. What about people that take prescription drugs? Well, according to AAA, Potentially driver-impairing medications, PDIs, according to respondents in this study, half of all drivers are taking PDIs. Half of all drivers are taking drugs at any given time or on drugs that impair their ability to drive. Where's the PSAs for that? Prescription drugs, though, that's fine because we have a giant lobby behind it. Same thing with uh, unhealthy foods. Here's a, here's a report here. Alzheimer's, uh, soda, breakfast cereal, frozen foods associated with long-term cognitive decline. It's genetic. Well, no, it's just it's traditional and cultural in your family. You eat a way that makes you sick. Your kids are going to eat a way that makes them sick. Well, you get sick. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more coming up after this. We're going to get into the details of these fallacies and some of the other stuff that makes the world seem so unsafe and so dark. It's not that it isn't. It's just that we need to bring more balance to these subjects and more bring more balance to these issues. Though we should never forget the reality of what makes life unsafe and dark. We're going to try to bring some balance to it this evening on The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. This is David Icke from davidike.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception. And you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. From ground zero to The Secret Teachings. Keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. 
We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. Welcome back to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for joining us. 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, five nights a week, Monday through Friday, right after Ground Zero and Clyde Lewis. The most reliable way to listen to the show is Ground Zero dot radio and the Aftermath FM application. Of course, the secretteachings.info where you can find the show after it airs. Email us. R-D-G-A-B-L-E at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Yes, I still use the Yahoo email. Sometimes your messages go to spam, though, so send them twice if you'd like to get a hold of us. Same thing on social media. I had 30 people follow us on Twitter. It popped up and notified me. Then I looked at my little counter under my profile. I got like four new followers. But then I looked back at my notification. There's 30 30 new people like follow me. I don't understand. That's because it's obviously suppressed. So I don't always see the messages or see that people are trying to contact me. So I apologize for that. And uh, if you want to get a hold of me, just keep trying. And I'm I'm sure that uh, at some point we'll we'll be able to talk to each other. My good friend tonight is going to join me on the show. I don't think he's been on The Secret Teaching since we've been been, uh, hosting the show here on Ground Zero. Friend of mine for many, many years now... uh, you know my other co-host, Mike D. He might be on a show with us this week. But my, my second co-host is named Jack. And Jack has, for a couple of years, well, actually, it's probably been more than a couple of years. He's run a website, 
uh, where he posts a lot of uh, stuff, kind of like I've always called it kind of like a more spiritual drudge report. But Jack is joining us this evening to talk with us about, well, what you heard in the first segment. And I wanted to bring Jack on because Jack is sort of like me in the sense that Jack has very little filter for these types of things. And we like to look at the world, and we do look at the world, in a way that at least we try to be balanced and objective about it. And you heard me in the first segment tell you that when you're looking at a news story, when you're looking at a a social, a political, an economic, whatever the issue might be, A lot of times our focal point of concern, distrust, outrage, or blind acceptance is on something that that really is is misdirected from from the major issues. Like we don't really have a lot of context for the things that we hear about and the things that we're, we're concerned with and the things that we go to war over. We don't have a lot of context and we also largely don't even know what we're talking about. We just repeat and regurgitate the talking points that we get from Fox News, from CNN, or for that matter, even from InfoWars. I met somebody who listens to InfoWars about five months ago when I moved here. And I started talking to the guy. And he literally is just giving me talking points. And when I went outside of the talking points, he didn't want to talk to me anymore. And he gets in his car and he's like, oh, okay, well, I got to go. I got to go. I'm thinking, you listen to Alex Jones. How can you not have a conversation with me that <laughs> that is that is slightly controversial you just repeat the same talking points and you know i don't even necessarily blame cnn fox news or infowars for that i think it's just people that find that those are the authoritative sources so if they repeat what they say then they're going to sound smart they're going to sound like they know what they're talking about but i think the biggest issue is really the fallacy fallacies are the biggest issue especially the false dilemma you're either with us or you're with the terrorists you either vote democrat or you're a racist you either like trump or you hate america and none of that really corresponds to reality. And it's the same thing with all the other issues we discussed in the first segment. We're told social isolation keeps us healthy, but according to the American Heart Association, social isolation leads to heart disease, heart attack, and stroke. We're told that gun violence and crime is spiking everywhere, but gun violence and murders are actually statistically down this year compared with years previous. And these are just the kinds of things that I think about, Jack, I wanted to know what you think about them. I know we think kind of similarly, and we like to say exactly what is on our mind. Welcome back to The Secret Teachings. We haven't talked for a very long time. My good friend Jack, co-host Jack, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ryan. It's been many moons, hasn't it? Many moons. We've had a blood moon, I think. We've had a harvest moon, a corn moon. We've had a lot of moons, yes. And I want to just clarify that Messenger of Information has been online since December of 2009. And that was the year I graduated high school. So you've been doing this. You've been doing this a little bit longer than me, maybe. Yeah. So that's what almost thirteen years. Yeah, the messenger of dot info. That's the thir- messenger of information. Years. Messenger of dot info. Is that is that thirteen years you've been doing this? I think I've been doing it for. Yeah. I got involved in radio in late two thousand nine, so it's it's almost the same amount of time. Not professionally, must- of course. I was going to say, I must, uh, I must admit that I haven't been posting a lot. Uh, actually you've been on the go. I've been on the go. Um, so even you, our friendship has suffered a little bit over the last year or so. We haven't been in contact as much as we used to be. So, uh, I think we're both in a position now where we can resume where, uh, we used to be at that level, but also certainly not being on, uh, 
on the show very often, but I've been out of the loop, man. I, I just, because of the topic of this show, I just don't even bother looking at this stuff. I, I see the headlines and if something grabs my attention, I'll take a look at it. But to me, it's kind of all the same. There's not a whole lot of new information out there. And so, um, you know, when you talk, for example, about statistics, it doesn't matter if it's CDC statistics about COVID or about crime or go right down the list. I don't believe any of that stuff. Really? Who, who's the one that compiles this data and who's to say it's accurate? Are there really 8.1 billion people in the world? And if so, how do we really know that because of the global census? So I've just kind of been taking a back seat. So you're going to kind of have to get me up to speed. But I would say to answer your question, what you summarized in the first segment pretty much nails it right on the head. Is there something specific in the first segment that I said that really nailed it on the head for you? Well, uh, to me, it's it's you really can't believe anything. And as far as talking points go, uh, all that all the media does is tell people how to think. It, it's it, it's no different than when they have a, a speech, you know, the uh, or, or a debate, a presidential debate or something along those lines. And then afterwards, what happens? You have a panel of experts that tell you what the guy just said and what he meant. See, I think a lot of people so, are very aware of that. I want to bring awareness to the fact that when we look at alternative, quote unquote, which are now very mainstream sources of information, though, Jack, I mean, whether it's Infowars, which I don't dislike Alex Jones, but whether it's Infowars or it's something on Rumble or Rockfin, a lot of really great shows, radio shows, video shows, but the same type of thing happens in the so-called independent alternative radio media, et cetera, that happens in the mainstream. We have people that watch it and listen to it and take it to be just as authoritative as CNN or Fox news. Now I'm not putting a blame on it on a specific individual. I'm saying collectively what happens is we tend to trust what we perceive as an authoritative source far too much. So regardless of what that source of information tells us or what that source of information is involved in, or maybe it's a scandal or whatever it is, we defend and protect it. CNN is defended and protected by like their 10 listeners and viewers. Fox News is defended and protected by like their 10 listeners and viewers. And Infowars, as much as I like Alex Jones and, you know, he provides documentation for what he says most of the time and he's wrong sometimes too. You know, you get people that listen to Infowars that do the exact same thing. No matter what Alex Jones says, they repeat it. And, and it's a talking point that even if he's not making that talking point known, they just take what he says and regurgitate it and repeat it. So my point is, this happens just as much in alternative independent media where we turn to when we have viewpoints like, well, it's pretty common knowledge. We can't trust the media. You don't trust the media, Jack. I don't necessarily trust the media, but at the same time, we have to be careful of alternative sources of information. And that's why I do this radio show to bring you that perspective, because I guarantee you most radio shows aren't going to tell you, and it doesn't make us special, that, hey, what you're hearing right now might not be 100% accurate. I don't have all the answers. And I find that when people tell you or assume or want you to assume or presume that they have all the answers, that's where you're certainly not going to get all the answers. Does that make sense? I just want to bring attention it, to that fact. It it does. Listen, I, I question 
anything that I believe in because we're in the matrix. This is all uh, lies. It's all deception. And so when you talk about the comments that you just made, it comes back to one thing, and that's ego. And we've talked about this many times before. People, people's egos have to be pampered so that they can be the expert when they're talking to their friends or family members. So if they feel that Alex Jones uh, is spot on and they feel strongly about Alex Jones in a favorable way, then they're going to parrot them. They parrot Alex Jones, parrot Fox News. What I do now when I talk to people is I just kind of try and listen to what they say, but I always take anything they say with a grain of salt. It, it may be something along the lines that I agree with, or I might think they're completely off base and what I call 3D. You know, they just buy into the matrix. I'm just trying to kind of remove myself from the matrix and, and realize, you know, what this simulation is all about. And again, I, I just try not to let my ego get in the way. Are there inner knowings that I have that I feel very strongly are accurate? Yes. Do I articulate those to many people these days? Not really. I really don't. Because who's to say if I'm right? And, and I'm talking some fundamental stuff here, Ryan. Core beliefs that I still right now have, uh, I would still question, uh, you know, whether or not they're accurate or not. Because everything in this simulation is a lie, pretty much everything. So pick and choose what you want to believe. That's what it all comes down to. But as we both know, none of us knows exactly what the true score is. I would wisdom agree. is knowing how wisdom is no what's uh, Socrates wisdom is knowing how little, you know, how little we know. I would agree that we as individuals, this is more philosophical. We, we, we as individuals don't necessarily know for certain some things. I think there are some things we, we can certainly know individual things, part of our environment, nature, other people. But I, I feel like there is a, a line that should be drawn between total dismissal of, of thinking that we can't know anything and things like this, which is what this show has, I think, for me, even become more and more of in the last six to seven months, and that is a thought experiment. So I want to give you an example of a thought experiment. Certainly, we can't necessarily trust the CDC, but if the CDC tells us to wash our hands after we poop and wipe our butts, it's probably a good idea not to walk around with feces on your hands. I think we, I mean, you would agree with that, right? Well, I kind of like it. You like the feces? Myself, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been doing it now for quite a number of years, and uh, but yeah, it's it's a good it's a good feeling, you know. Don't wipe. Um, I always like to go against the grain. So if the CDC tells me to wipe, I'm not going to, you know. Well, see, that's that's actually that's kind of my point. That's the problem, <laughs> right? Is that when if if the CDC or the FDA, using this as an example. If they say you should probably stop eating so much ultra-processed food and you should probably stop smoking so much and stop drinking so much, if you want to still do those things, that's fine. But we're just informing you that it's probably better not to drink and smoke excessively. It's probably not good to shoot up with heroin. It's probably not good to snort cocaine. It's probably not good to do all these things individually, let alone together or in some, some uh, uh, togetherness. It's probably better to maybe eat like some vegetables and fruits. Now, it's weird because people that believe the Centers for Disease Control on masking and social distancing and the CDC more than 
maybe ever before became this godlike priestly source of information. But then when I would get onto the CDC's website, this is more in 2020, 2021, last year, and I would show people, hey, the leading causes of death, and you can, you can see this, leading causes of death in America are preventable through diet, according to the CDC. So if you're really afraid of dying or getting sick, you need to change your lifestyle. And people didn't want to hear that. And they said, no. oh, you can't trust those statistics. And I said, well, okay, but hold on a second. You trust the statistics and the data about masks, social distancing, and vaccines. This is coming from the same authoritative source that is telling you that if you shift your diet and lifestyle and you don't drink and smoke as much and you exercise 20 minutes, uh, was it a 20 minutes a day, moderate exercise, depending on the, you know, the comp, uh, composition of the body and what you're trying to do, you can get really, really healthy. And it's like, I don't understand how someone can be, they can have such a, a double standard where I only trust them if it forces other people to change their lives. If it's trying to force me to change my life, I don't want anything to do with it. If it, if it forces oh. other people to wear a mask, that's cool. But if it forces me to eat vegetables, I don't trust them. And that's, that's right. strange. Well, we live in a dysfunctional world. This is an insane asylum. So, uh, okay, so the CD, or let's say the FDA says it's really not a good idea to smoke five packs of cigarettes a day. <laughs> yeah, probably It's not. really not a good idea to shoot heroin. It's really not a good idea um, to be a heavy drinker. That's all common sense. Do people really need to be told that? <laughs> well, that's, so that that's discard, a separate issue, yes. Discard, yeah, discard those alerts and those warnings. Now, when, let's say, we talk about wearing a mask, now that's something that we really don't know from common sense if it's good or bad to wear a mask, right? So maybe there, it's viable that the FDA or the CDC might come out and say that. But, of course, we know that we still need to do our own homework and our own research to determine if it's safe or not. But, you see, that would be not just a common sense, uh, a common knowledge type of thing. That's something that, you know, you might have to look into it from a more scientific standpoint to know whether or not to take to heed their warning. You see what I'm saying? Well, Common no. sense stuff. Like we, we really need to be told that when you watch the local news, you had talked about the local news, watch how often they'll do a story about, and tell people, uh, don't forget now uh, it's Christmas season and make sure that your Christmas tree in your house has plenty of water so it doesn't dry out. And also make sure that you unplug the lights before you go to bed because that could cause an electrical fire and start your really i never thought of that before look how many stories there are like that where they've dumbed down everyone so they have to tell you look both ways before you cross the street on your bicycle it's insane well i actually it's funny enough you say that because i was when i was watching cnn for a couple minutes last night and i i'd only stopped there because i had heard that the fbi raided uh, mar largo i was listening to these people talk and they said well the they haven't shown what the probable cause is but we can assume they had probable cause if they issued the warrant and there's no political the, the point was there's no political bias there's no weaponization or politicization of the department of justice or the fbi right. that was their point which is like doth protest to a little bit too much because it just happened and they're already on there <laughs> they're already on there defending it and a talking point but anyway they got to this this part i only listened a few minutes they got this point of the segment uh, as part of the discussion these two lawyers and this other guy 
and they're sitting there and, and they're discussing uh, uh, Trump. And one of them said, well, we're, we're pretty sure that uh, what he did was he was getting rid of classified documents by flushing them down the toilet. And they and and, and I, I my ears really perked up and I thought, OK, um, I don't think Joe Biden would even be that decrepit and, and dumb to put. Why would you why wouldn't you just shred them if you're trying to get rid of some document? Why would you? Fl-? So the point was, though, the guy said the proof of that is somebody has a photograph of a, of a document ripped in half in toilet water, like in a toilet. They literally said that on CNN. Now, they didn't show the picture. They didn't mention where that picture supposedly is from. Was it posted to Twitter, Facebook? They just said, oh, so-and-so saw a piece of paper from like a White House or something in, in the toilet. And that's because Trump was flushing classified documents down the drain. It's like, well, if he was flushing that many documents down the drain, rip up the pipes and you could probably find the paper wadded up. You know, if you flush a tampon down the toilet, it's going to clog the toilet most of the time. If you, So why can't you just dig up the sewer thing there and, and find find the clog. And if there's a bunch of paper that's down there, that's that, that's basically been liquefied, then you'll know that they were somebody was flushing something. But it's just so stupid because you could just someone could just go to the bathroom and throw a piece of paper and they take a picture. And, oh, it's proof. It's just it's so manufactured. It's well, so made up and it's so ridiculous. It, it, it is. I mean, again, I, I assure you that a percentage of these people that are so-called experts that are on the news are not experts. They're actors. It's a production. News is nothing more than a TV show production. So uh, let's, let's go back to this then. So I, I try to observe and really just get to the root and not, and not take anything for granted. So let's just take where, where do news stories come from, Ryan? We're, we're led to believe, does anyone ever stop and think about this on a daily basis? How many news stories are released? I know it's a big world and there's a lot of people here and there's a lot of events and activities going on. But where do some of these stories come from? Okay. You've seen headlines like this one, for example. I just made this up. You know, you go to your browser and it's, it's uh, you know, Yahoo News or whatever browser you use, et cetera. And all these things pop up, right? Story after story after story. Boom, 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 boom. Some of them are political. Some of them are sports. Some of them are celebrities. Some of them are world news, right? And some of them are something along the lines like this. Woman bitten by neighbor's dog eats entire watermelon and hangs herself. That sounds like okay. That sounds like it could be. I mean, you made that up, so it could be a real story. It's it could just be. as accurate. But you've seen headlines like that, just bizarre. You know, like, uh, that's like a Daily uh, Mail headline. Yeah, you know, man, uh, man murders son after you know carving Halloween pumpkin. Well, whatever. Now, where? How the hell does that make the news, dude? How does that happen? Oh, okay. So a woman got bit by her dog, by her neighbor's dog. Somehow they knew she ate an entire watermelon before she hung herself. Um, so I guess that the neighbor—I uh, I don't know—the the, the the woman's husband um, called the police uh, after she hung herself or something, and then the police what called the local uh, ABC affiliate. And told them the story, and then a reporter went out there and got the details. Oh, come to find out, she ate an entire watermelon. That might be related to the dog. But you see what I'm saying? Look at how many 
You see, we think that these agencies are news, news gathering agencies. Back in the day, it used to be what UPI and AP, right? And that's all they did was scan the globe for news stories. Where do they all come from? I'll tell you where most of them and a lot of them come from. They're made up. They're just more psychological manipulation, more psyop. Well, and if, what, what me and who cares if a if if a lady you know got bit by her dog and and died? Uh, what bearing does that have? What's the point? What's the point of reporting that? Well, a lot of this is is simply tabloids, and it doesn't just because it's a tabloid doesn't mean that it didn't happen. But there are certain things. For example, I I took news classes when I was in film school. We learned actually we had a class on propaganda. That was actually a mm-hmm. class that we took, and we we were basically taught. Uh, one simple thing, most of the news comes into the newsroom and the news director gets to determine what is the story. And most of these news directors have directives from the people right. that own the companies. And so they're right. supposed to pick those those stories. So what the example you gave is silly and foolish, but it's also very similar, if not totally identical to a lot of the stories we read about, let's say, COVID-19. And I'll give you an example. Um You've probably read hundreds of these story headlines over the last two to three years. Stories that say man tests positive for COVID and then dies. But then you read the article and he died in a jet skiing accident. So it implies that he died of COVID. And it's just the headline that makes that implication. And that's what's ordered by the news. And these are the types of things that I think for most of our audience listening tonight, this is obvious. But if we go into further detail... We have a responsibility as individuals to start asking, even if it's just to ourselves, start asking questions about what we hear, what we read, what we see. For example, this is a pet peeve of mine, Jack. I drive my car down the road and I, and I can't say that I've never picked my phone up when it's dinged or I've you know, tried to change the radio station or something while I'm driving because I have. But I'm aware of that and I try not to do it. I throw my phone in the back seat or I make sure I have the music station on I want before I drive. So I'm, I'm driving down the road, um, I'd say at least three of the last 10 times I've been out. This is not every time, but I always see somebody on their phone driving next to me. And I always honk my horn and throw my hands up like, get off your, your phone. This one woman, I honked my horn, she, she dropped her phone and then put both of her hands on the wheel. And she's like, she, she got caught. But anyway, I, I, <laughs> I, I tell you that because I see this. And although we know, like, in a lot of states, it's illegal. You can't drive and text and all these things like this, dealing with your phones. And we know it's also, we've seen, you've seen a thousand PSAs probably just this year, whether you know it or not, you've seen them subconsciously, billboards, video, audio, ra- you know, radio, television, uh, about drinking and driving. But my pet peeve isn't the cell phone and it's not the alcohol. My pet peeve has always been, and I know a lot of people would disagree with me. You might even disagree with me. My pet peeve is, since alcohol is kind of a downer, we say, and because of the way it impairs your, your ability to, you know, to function, we say that alcohol is a very dangerous thing. We shouldn't drink and drive. But what about prescription drugs? That's always bothered me. What about prescription drugs? Prescription drugs impair your ability to operate heavy machinery. Why should you be operating a car and driving under, you know, under the influence of prescription drugs and that not be illegal? And it seems like if you get pulled over by the police, they'll do a breathalyzer, but nobody's checking your prescriptions to see what, you, what pills right. you're taking. Well, cor- How about people that are that are on four, five, six, eight, ten, twelve medications? Nothing. You know? There's nothing against the law to take pills and then to drive. Now we have to take a break, but I want you to think about this during the break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about this story. 
and then some of the other big stories we have. This story is from AAA. So this is this isn't like a, a, a tiny little news publication. This is a big study published in July 2022 by AAA. They have shown, based on thousands of people surveyed, at least half of all people that are on the road at any given moment, maybe you're listening in your car right now, you look to your left, look to your right, chances are one of those people are taking at least one, not just prescription drug, but one potentially driver-impairing medication that could be just as dangerous as alcohol. And yet there's nothing that says, hey, that's illegal. No one's going to pull you over for popping pills. People pop pills on the way to work in the morning. These are the kinds of things. NyQuil. Or NyQuil, yes. cause drowsiness. These are the types of things that I want you to think about because this is, I think, the way that we can better better understand and provide more context uh, and understanding to the world around us. I think this is very, very important. And we're going to talk with Jack about this when we come back from break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. Stay with us. rdgable at yahoo.com, thesecretteachings.info. Stay with us. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info this is linda godfrey author of monsters among us and you are listening to the secret teachings with ryan gable broadcasting from somewhere between heaven hell and purgatory it's the secret teachings on ground zero radio release the kraken you could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on 24-7 with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. 
and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call out to the fallout back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Welcome back to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email if you'd like to contact us directly. Facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings is our social media page. And TST underscore underscore radio is our Twitter page. Our affiliate sponsors are on the website, Pro One Water Filters. Transistor FM, which hosts our archive. If you'd like to subscribe to our archive, you'll get access to the non-monetized version of the show, so there won't be those algorithmic-placed ads. You'll also get access to our montage archive, early access to the show, and a private RSS feed. www.thesecretteachings.info If you want to help keep us on air, it's not complicated. It's very easy. Subscribe to the show. Grab a copy of one of my books, my new book, Liberty Shrugged, will be out very soon. It's a massive book. It's a huge book. It's 600 plus pages. will be out very soon. There's a page for it on the website if you want to check it out. Probably give away a free copy when we do the, uh, the sale announcement. And also on our website, you will find uh, our show promos. Or you can just go to Facebook and you'll see the promos there. Just gives you an idea of what the show is about Monday through Friday. I make the promo picture. I write the promo text. I put the show up. I do the post-production if I need to run an audio filter on the show or something like that. Um, I do all that. So if you want to support the show, you're supporting me directly to, to make this show for you five nights a week. We've been with you on radio for now 13 years. Professionally, though, about five or six. Uh, we've been around a very, very long time. So... I'd really appreciate your support, and I want to thank all of you who do support The Secret Teachings. And of course, support Ground Zero as well, groundzero.radio, Aftermath, FM, Clyde and Ground Zero coming on right before The Secret Teachings. 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, we're on Monday through Friday. Tonight, I am joined by my good friend and long-term co-host. We've been friends for, I don't know, what is it, six seven years. I don't know. We've been friends for a long time. My good friend Jack is with us this evening. I wanted to bring Jack on the show because Jack is one of the few people that I know personally. I do know some others, of course, but Jack is one of the few people I know personally who's done a lot of radio with me, who I think gets where I'm coming from tonight on the show. My, my whole theme, the whole idea is that we're constantly encouraged to consider the dangers of fake or false information, but we're not informed we're not really educated on what exactly misdirection is. Misdirection is not really false information. It's not really fake information. It just misdirects us from, you know, true things, from factual things, etc. That's why virtually every major social, political, economic, and cultural issue is the focal point of public concern, distrust, outrage, and blind acceptance. We don't really consider the other side of the coin. 
we don't really consider the other points of view. You know, we communicate largely in emojis and hashtags and memes and abbreviations and rhetoric and talking points. But more than anything, we communicate through fallacy. One of the biggest fallacies we use is the false dichotomy or the false dilemma. The false dichotomy or the false dilemma presents only two options, really, or maybe sometimes three, but you only have a few options to choose from. Two great examples, politically speaking, are, you know, Democrats and Republicans. You hate America if you don't support Donald Trump, and you're a racist and you're not black or Hispanic if you don't support Democrats. Other times, it's the misappropriation of concern and lack of context that diverts, that's the misdirection, important resources for feel-good beliefs. Like, we want to help keep people safe from climate change. Yet, all the studies show that with increasing temperatures, if there were increasing temperatures, a warmer climate would actually save millions of people a year. A few hundred thousand die a year from heat, a few million die a year from cold whether that's in the most recent study out of uh, England and Wales, or it's the biggest comprehensive weather-related death study, temperature-related study conducted by The Lancet about seven years ago in 2015. Cold kills far more people, yet nobody's concerned about the cold weather. But we'll spend a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of resources on making sure the temperatures don't get hotter when hotter temperatures could actually save a lot of people's lives. Likewise, one thing that's always bugged me, Jack, is, and we were talking about this before the break, I just have to sort of recap, but we're talking about this before the break. One of my biggest pet peeves is when I go out and I'm driving, not a big fan of driving, I'd rather walk, but I drive to get across town. I'm driving, I see people, yes, on their cell phones, and not that I haven't you know, been guilty of that once or twice. But I see people on their cell phones, they usually honk the horn, they usually drop the phone, or they, you know, they, maybe they keep doing it, they look at me really weird. But I see that happening, and we know that that's not good, right? We know we shouldn't be holding up the cell phone when we're driving. That's you know, PSAs for that, don't text and drive. We know about drink, don't drink and drive. One thing that's always bugged me, especially because I just I, I cannot stand any form of drug use. I just do not like drugs. I do not like being around drugs. And I also consider processed flours and sugars to be likewise drugs because they have an effect on the body very similar to heroin, according to the scientific data. So I have an issue with drugs. That's a personal opinion. And I, I feel, I know that prescription drugs kill more than illicit or illegal drugs. But I always wondered, and now this has been you know, proven and documented, I always wondered why it's totally legal to drive on prescription drugs when they can be just as impairing as a couple beers. Especially when, you know, you look at the, I mean, I'm sure you've seen a bottle of medication, right, Jack? And it, or, you know, it says don't drink alcohol with this. Don't operate heavy machinery with this. You've probably seen that, right? Correct. Right. So you shouldn't operate heavy machinery with it, but you can totally get in a car and drive your family somewhere. To me, that doesn't make any sense. And I know people say, well, it's practical. It's not really practical to tell people not to take their pills and drive because they could, their life could depend on the medication. Well, that, that might be true. You could argue that. But according to AAA, in the research study, use of potentially impairing medications in relation to driving, potentially driver-impairing medications, PDIs, accounted for 50% of drivers on the road were taking some form of drug that impairs their ability to drive. 
Now, AAA documents this in the study, but this is not something that you'll see in the nightly news. This is not something you're going to see a billboard for. This is not something you're going to see a PSA for. But yet, it is a massive problem. And I sit here and I think and I wonder, Jack, how many car wrecks, how many people have died causing the car wreck or, you know, as a result of the car wreck, whether they themselves or somebody else, how many people are dying every year from car wrecks that are preventable if people just weren't popping these pills? That's something that's really disturbing, but see, nobody wants to discuss that because, well, it's, it's politically complicated and, well, people like their drugs. I mean, people like alcohol too, but we know not to drink and drive, but I guess it's okay to pop large amounts of prescription drugs and operate heavy machinery. Somehow that's okay. What are your thoughts on this? Am I wrong? Am I off base? This has just been a pet peeve of mine. Now AAA has confirmed it. It always comes back to the root question. When you, when you pose questions like that, the real question is why is it not on the news? Why are these agencies not talking about it? So what would your answer to that be? I have, I have one, but let's see what you think. Why? Why wouldn't they notify the public? Why wouldn't <laughs> this be, un, why is this acceptable? Well, especially why isn't it on the news, especially why? for insurance companies, you would think insurance companies would want to make this well known because they don't want to pay out for for car wrecks and, and injuries. Right. But I think so. what's your answer? I think why? the main issue is because Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, NBC, CBS, ABC, they all get their funding from pharmaceutical companies. <laughs> yeah. And and it right. It, it, that and or just the fact that pharmaceutical companies are big, big money makers for the global elitists. So they don't want to tell people not to, to purchase their extremely expensive drugs that they know poison people. Right. Um, I guess the same could be said to some extent about alcohol. Um, they really shouldn't want to be telling people not to drink and drive because they probably own Budweiser and all the alcohol companies too. But we know big pharma is big, big bucks. So that would be certainly one of my first thoughts as to why you don't hear anything about this because they want people popping pills for several different reasons. I find it so fascinating. I real, and I don't choose that word accidentally. I choose it deliberately. I find it fascinating how we can go, I can go out and walk down the road and just watch cars go by and think that 50% or more of the people driving vehicles are on not just, it's not all prescription drugs, but certain types of prescription drugs. This is what AAA called PDIs, potentially driver impairing drugs. And everybody's, you know, different. So some might impair some people more than others, your body weight composition, that all Correct. plays an effect. But about half, and this is a quote from the study, approximately half of the drivers reported using one or more of the PDI medications examined in the past 30 days. And this is uh, one in five, they say, reported using two or more medications. Nearly half of drivers who reported using one or more PDI medications reported driving after using at least one medication with higher proportions among those taking two or more medications. So 63.3% of drivers surveyed, and this wasn't like 10 people, half. Half are taking one drug and driving. 63.3% are taking at least one, more than one, and driving. 
or some are taking three or more medications and driving. The people taking three or more medications and driving, 70.8%. If I'm reading this correctly, let me just re- <laughs> read it exactly. Nearly yep. half of drivers, re- I'm sorry, hold on, let me read this. Half of drivers reported using one or more PDI medications reported driving after using at least one medication with higher proportions among those taking two or more, 63.3%, or three or more medications, 70.8%. So the more medications they took, the more likely they were to drive after they took the medications. That is an astounding statistic. Did, did, it, did the report also uh, indicate how many of those people washed their pills down with a bottle of Jack Daniels? <laughs> no, no, that was not in this, in this report, but they did list oh, the, the types of see, medications. That to me should, should have been one of the questions on the survey. You know, When you took your pills, did you drink Budweiser with it or did you wash it down with a couple shots of tequila? No, nor, well, nor does it say that, you know, how many people got up and, and brushed their teeth with a bottle of Jack either like that, right, uh, that song right. says. So they're listing antidepressants, RX pain medications, which are just general. I mean, you could literally a, a, an endless number of different types of pain medications, muscle relaxant. That's that's yeah. disturbing. Uh, sleep yeah. aids, uh, benzo. Yeah. These are benzos, right? That's the street name. Benzo diazepines. And then they list a couple of others here. But those are the main ones. So people that are taking well, antidepressants, muscle relaxers, and pain medications, 70% of the people that take three drugs or more just go out and drive. That's a lot of people. Well, because people think that drugs are safe. And they they have no idea. Yeah. They're never even tested by the FDA. And they just think that they're safe. And again, that blind faith and authority. And well, the doctor just gave these to me. And, and of course, if I have to drive somewhere, Ryan, I'm a narcissist. I'm going to go drive. I don't care if I'm endangering other people. Well, I've got to get over to Walmart, darn it. You've got stuff to you know, buy. I'm, I'm, out of, I'm out of Jiffy Pop. You know, I got to got to get a, you know some aspartame uh, diet soda and uh, get my Jiffy Pop and get back home. But I would, I, how many people were surveyed? You said how many thousand or did it, did it specifically state that? How many people were Yes, there was sure. survey respondents by age and gender. There were 1,309 female, 1,348 male. And okay. the, then they so, also break. So it's age 16 to 65 plus. So it's, it's all ages. Okay. A couple thousand people. So, I mean, that's a decent sampling. But based on that information, I'm surprised that, uh, you know, accidents aren't even higher than what they are. Right. You would think we'd be we'd be like in a demolition derby out on the roads there. <laughs> you don't live in Tucson, Grant Road in <laughs> Tucson. All the listeners who live in Tucson know Grant Road in Tucson. Or if you live in Florida, the I four between I, Orlando and Tampa. Whoo! Or I seventy five. I think uh, going down to uh, Miami. Is it I seventy five? I think it's I seventy five. That that had a name. Uh, I can't remember what they had called it. There were a lot of deaths. A lot of deaths on that uh, interstate. So, okay, Mike. My, my, but you see what I'm saying? I mean, that's that's crazy. I mean, 70%. So either, and, and as you say, uh, every human body is different. So um, things that are ingested uh, or even put on topically are going to affect people differently from one person to the next. But based on that, yeah, I would think it would be, I mean, completely chaos on the road. <laughs> So, well, I mean, so it, maybe, it, maybe it's a little somehow inflated or something, but it could account it, for a lot of road rage as well. Even not actual incidences, but oh, road rage. And, and, 
by the way, you better stop honking your horn at people because that's a terrorist act. Oh, is honking your horn? Oh, that's right. Yeah, in Canada, you, right? Damn you, you, you jerk. Don't be honking your horn. Well, listen, that's politically I, incorrect, and I think you're a terrorist. Well, I'm also a white uh, supremacist too, probably. Then my, my friend, my friend calls me because he knows that you know. I mean, I'm obviously, I guess, my skin's white. It's kind of tan white, but. He calls me a white naturalist because I eat a, a natural plant-based diet. I thought that yes. that was kind of funny. I'm a white naturalist, so you can tell everybody. Anyway, so this, this is, a, this is a, re- a really important study. And this is just one of those things where we need to think about the other side of the information that we hear. Yeah, alcohol is impairing. But what about prescription? What about pharmaceutical? What about other forms of drugs? Well, listen, why, why isn't the FDA doing that same study. I, w- I would like to see, okay, it's all fine and good that AAA did that. And again, if you believe it, and if you believe those statistics, which I'll question everything all the time. So take it for what it's worth. But w- if that's the case, that's pretty alarming. It's pretty eye-opening. So why aren't some other agencies doing similar studies and even maybe more extensive studies? You are. But again, how, how do you determine, Ryan? Okay. Uh, Grandpa Jones over there, he he, j- he takes seven medications. He's 82 years old and he hops in his car and he's driving over to wherever he's driving and he gets in an accident. And, uh, okay, maybe there's no fatalities involved or maybe there are. How would you know if those pharmaceutical drugs he took, uh, you know, it did impair him to the extent to cause an accident? You see... You, like you were saying, you'd have to like do blood work, not not a breathalyzer test. You'd almost have to do blood work, and then you could see what he had in his system, but there's still no way to prove that that impaired his driving. Maybe it was just his age. Maybe he fell asleep. Um, maybe he didn't react quick enough and hit the brakes quick enough because he's older. I, I don't know how you would ever be able well, to attribute. Well, that's precisely what the pharmaceutical industry would argue, and and likewise, Think about how news, how a news story can be created in regard to a headline. So let's say that somebody has a few drinks and they're they're not really impaired, but they might technically be over the legal limit. So they get in their car and they drive and they're not necessarily a danger. They're not swerving. They're they're almost home and they pull up to a red light and now they're in front. They're at the red light, but somebody behind them who's not drunk plows into the back of them. The headline could be drunk man. Or, or, you know, guy drinks a little bit too much, gets in car and gets an accident. But it implies that he caused the accident when in this case, somebody hit him from behind and, you know, he's not responsible. Right. But he was or, he was still drunk. So does he get in trouble? Does he, these are things that have right. to be discussed at a, at a right. political level, philosophical level. And just level. because somebody blows whatever the point zero eight or whatever the legal limit is in most states, I think. That doesn't mean that they're impaired. You know, some little uh, woman that weighs 103 pounds, um, that might affect her having that blood alcohol level much more than a guy that's, you know, 6'6 and weighs 250, whatever. So even to, to say that, oh, you were drunk and that caused the accident or you, you were drunk because you're at this alcohol level, you're, we're going to, you know, give you a ticket and charge you $5,000 and make you go to safe driving classes and all that stuff. 
again, very difficult to prove on any level. And of course, with DUIs, I mean, yeah, there are people out there that shouldn't be behind the wheel. But on the other many, many cases, there are people that were not impaired. And it's just a way for the system to to rake in big bucks. So I don't necessarily I don't necessarily think this is something that if, if we could sit here all night, like into the early hours of the morning and discuss this and debate this, that that's something for legislators to do. That's something for policymakers to do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm willing to have that conversation. I just want I want, you know, I, I want us to be able to, as we've acknowledged this, I want people to recognize that we're not I'm not trying to present a solution. I'm simply saying we need to look at other things beside just being concerned over people drinking and driving. Here's another major issue, which more people are driving under the influence of one or more prescription drugs, sometimes mixed with drugs that should not be mixed together. And yet we're not concerned about it. We don't know about it. There's no PSAs on it, but every PSA is about don't drink and drive, which is great. We should have that, but we should also focus some attention on the pharmaceuticals and focus some attention on the types of prescription drugs we take. Quantifying what? it is 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 really difficult. You're right, Jack. But at the end of the day, I mean, personally, I, I just want people to be to be aware. And, and I want to, I want to be clear. I'm not saying I have a solution to this. I'm just saying that this is something right. we should be aware of. And my my pet peeve of this is, and I want to I want to add something to this. I know this is controversial. Personally, I believe that you consuming caffeine. And then driving a vehicle is as dangerous as somebody who is taking these prescription drugs. And I think, honestly, 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 Jack, I think when I go out in public and I get people that are so angry, they blow around me to get to a red light. I'm not saying I don't drive slow sometimes, but the anger that is on the roads, I think some of it is absolutely contributed to by the people that just cannot get up in the morning without having that cup of coffee and without having that caffeine coursing through their system. Caffeine is an upper. It makes people aggressive. It makes people jittery. And I think caffeine, if we're going to regulate alcohol and, 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 and prescription drugs, caffeine needs to be just as regulated as those things in terms of driving. That's my opinion. How about marijuana? How about marijuana? Well, marijuana as it's well, legal. all of them. Yeah. I mean, it's legal. You could be stoned out of your gourd and just like, is it more, is it more dangerous to be stoned on marijuana without having a drop of alcohol in your system? Is that more dangerous than somebody who has been drinking to whatever extent? I'm not talking about drunk because obviously no one should be behind the wheel at that point. So, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Like you said, you're not proposing a solution. I don't know what the solution would be. Well, that's something that's something to discuss at a later time. Or if if I'm elected to Congress, we'll we'll discuss it in Congress. But it's something that because they're they're brilliant people. Brilliant. <laughs> well, if you get, the crop. if you get people like me in there, if I'm in Congress and I'm not even talking about federal, I'm talking about state even, I, I think we could clean some stuff up. In fact, here's a great example. I've always thought about running for for political office. And here in Tucson, the mayor has absolutely destroyed this city. Uh, and it's getting worse by the day. Uh, not that it's unlivable, but just visually it's getting worse by the day. And I, I've spoken to police officers. I was actually at the police station yesterday, uh, the West Side Police Station here in Tucson. And I asked about the panhandling and the homelessness and the drug use and all that. And the guy said, he's like, well, I can't really say much because the city pays me and they're an elected group of officials, and he's like, he said they're very, quote, liberal, and so they don't want to arrest people for doing drugs or for being on the side of the road and panhandling. And But I said, okay, what? Because he said it's illegal. And I said, well, I know it's illegal. What's the statute? So he gives it to me. 
And I said, so basically the mayor is instructing the police not to uphold the rule of law and is putting the public safety uh, at risk, putting people in danger, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what, and, and we can't do anything as police or we'll lose our jobs, et cetera. They'll just, they'll fire us. Or So anyway, I talked to the guy about this. It's the second uh, police officer I talked to, uh, the, the main guy I talked to was a detective who worked at the police department. And I get through all this, and as I left, I just thought, you know, I, I went out and I drove and I saw like a little homelessness camp. Not like Portland, but it, it could get there in a couple of years here in Tucson. I saw the homelessness camp. I took a picture of it. And I posted it right to the mayor's Twitter page. And I said, this mayor is negligent. She is guilty of a dereliction of duty. She is irresponsible. She is not upholding the rule of law. She is endangering the public safety. She is incentivizing and encouraging and advocating and promoting for violence and drug abuse and homelessness, rather than using the money that we do have in the city to help people get off of drugs and to help people get a job and to become self-sustainable. And now that's it. That's something that we should be advocating for. But that's not something that Republicans or Democrats advocate for. Republicans say, well, just screw them most of the time. And Democrats say, well, let them shoot up and do drugs and endanger the public safety. Where are the people that are in positions of power that say, hold on a second, there's actually a solution to this problem. Let's implement the solution rather than just allowing it to happen for political reasons. That's just one example. This is how everything is handled. We base it on what we assume to be a political viewpoint or we base it on what is easier, getting rid of it or just allowing it to fester rather than dealing with the problem directly. One of the best examples of this, and we're going to take a break here in a second, Jack, we'll come back and we'll talk about some of these other really important stories. One of the best examples of this is the abuse of certain forms of illegal drugs. Just as much as we talked about prescription drugs with driving, there are hundreds of thousands of people who die every year from opioid and opiate addiction and overdose. Hundreds of thousands of people that die from fentanyl. Now, you've know, you know a little bit about this, right, Jack? Have you heard a little bit about the fentanyl and the opioid crisis? Yeah, it's been quite a while now unless there's something new about it. Well, there's something new about it almost every day and almost every year. The number of people dying from drug overdoses and opioid and opiate as well, opioid uh, in particular and fentanyl, has drastically increased year after year after year after year. Meanwhile, states like California and New York, cities like New York City, San Francisco, and it's a handful of other cities and states, and now the White House, have declared states of emergency for monkeypox. Monkeypox affects virtually only gay men. 99% are gay men. 95% are gay men with multiple sex partners who are having anal sex. Yet the World Health Organization, the CDC, the, the, the White House, nobody wants to say it's because of the promiscuity and the gay sex. And it's probably from the, the multiple gay sex partners and the, and the fecal material in the butt. I know that sounds gross and grotesque, but I want you to think about it. Nobody wants to talk about that. When nobody's actually died from monkeypox, hundreds of thousands of fentanyl and other types of deaths, an actual public health crisis, no state of emergency. Think about that. What does that imply? What does that mean? Think about this as we go to break. Politicians have no intention of improving society. That's not why they're there. They're there to do just the opposite. 
So that's the answer to that question. I guarantee you, if I was in office, I would change something or I would probably be assassinated in the process. You'd be dead. You'd be dead in a heartbeat. (laughs) I'd probably be dead in a heartbeat. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. We've got gun violence, social isolation, and heart disease. We've got a bunch of other stuff that I really want and I hope that you stay tuned to the show to tonight so that you can get a different perspective and you can you can figure some stuff out with me. We're trying to figure this out too. Why is it we focus on one isolated, very minor thing, but we let maximum destruction and chaos spread and be prevalent without any consideration, no declaration of emergency, largely for political reasons and other things. But we're going to talk about that when we come back from break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. My good friend and co-host Jack is with me. There's more after this. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. It's The Secret Teachings, one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, airing exclusively five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. My co-host and good friend who's been with us for many years on The Secret Teachings is joining us this evening. Our good friend Jack is here to talk with us about fallacy and how we have such a misdirection of information. Like we know about fake news, right? False news. We hear about that left and right. We don't really hear a lot about misdirection. And how most of our attention is focused on both political, social, and cultural and economic issues that are the talking points of the day, the, the major subjects we're supposed to know about and we're supposed to discuss. But when you do something that is contrary to those talking points, like present information that demonstrates how that subject, let's say, I don't know, drinking and driving, that's a big issue. But more people are actually taking cognitive impairing drugs 
pharmaceutical, medically prescribed drugs. And some people are actually taking two or three of those different types of drugs and then operating vehicles. We don't know how many people have been killed or people have been severely injured or we don't know how many people have had their lives completely destroyed because people chose to take dangerous pharmaceutical drugs, which are legal, and then get in a car and drive. We don't know how many people that's happened to because we don't keep track of that. And if you say, well, alcohol is a big concern, but we should also be concerned about prescription drugs. Suddenly, oh, you don't care about alcoholism. You don't care about people who drive drunk. No, it's not that. It's just that there are more people who are driving impaired with medications that deserves at least some kind of attention likewise as i mentioned before the break monkeypox a few thousand cases nobody's died it affects 99 percent gay men 95 percent of the people who quote have monkeypox are gay men with multiple anal sex partners that's according to the world health organization yet because of political correctness nobody wants to mention hey If you just stop having multiple gay sex partners, you probably won't get monkeypox because that's where it's spreading. Then if you say, well, I don't think it's monkeypox, it's probably multiple partners, no protection, and fecal material in your penis, that's probably what's making people sick. And then the body excretes the poison or tries to respond to it, and that's what we identify as monkeypox. And so the solution is to let Dr. Fauci, who ran the AIDS program when AIDS first made it onto the scene that killed countless gay men and gay people with the various types of antiviral drugs and the various types of experimental shots. And now you want to let the same guy run the monkeypox situation by by giving vaccines to, to gay people in particular, as if that's not going to just be a repeat of history. And While that's happening, states declare and cities declare and now the White House has declared a state of emergency, yet nobody's actually died of monkeypox. Meanwhile, this is the point that I want to get to, Jack. Meanwhile, you have hundreds of thousands of people that die every single year from drug overdoses and more and more, you have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people dying from mild exposure to fentanyl. Because fentanyl is so dangerous, it's so powerful that even a tiny, 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 tiny amount is enough to kill you. The amount of fentanyl deaths, which is a synthetic, some of it's a synthetic opioid. If you look at the CDC charts, the numbers have literally, by definition, skyrocketed. It's almost at a 90 degree angle from, from 2015 to 2018, the number increases increases and then in 2019 the number almost i swear to god almost at a 90 degree angle if you look at the statistical data from the cdc it's almost straight up that's how many people are dying every single year from synthetic opioids and yet with the handful of exceptions a little tiny cities a few mayors a a few representatives in congress here or there that say hey this is a crisis hey we should declare an emergency hey we should try to stop this there's no national emergency the governor of california who has to make everything politically correct, isn't declaring a national emergency. The only governor even openly doing something about it is is the the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, who is making uh, fentanyl uh, distribution and selling a, a massive, massive crime with massive punishment. Otherwise, 
Nobody died of monkeypox, but it's a national emergency. We need vaccines, but people are dropping dead literally by the day, hundreds a day from totally preventable, don't need a vaccine, don't need another pharmaceutical drug. Just, you know, stop taking these types of drugs. And uh, some people are just taking fentanyl directly. A lot of people don't know that other drugs are laced with fentanyl. Why is this not a bigger problem? Why am I not allowed to talk about this? That's that's my question. What are your thoughts, Jack? My question is, you said that the WHO said that 95% of the people that are infected with monkeypox had multiple gay partners. How do we know that? You see, I don't buy into any of the statistics. I just don't. It's all spin, Ryan. What do you think is going on? What do you think is going on with that then? Well, all I can tell you is, again, these politicians are not there to improve society. That's not the way the system works. Well, they're, they're there to keep the status quo. They're, okay, you have your DeSantis, and it's it's amazing that he's still governor down there, that he hasn't been removed somehow or taken out one way or another. But he's he's one of the uh, absolute uh, exceptions to the rule. You, what, what uh, you think Newsom in California is trying to do the right thing? Come on. Well, that's well, that, but think, that's that's my know, that's hold on. That's my question though. That's my that's my point. That's why this is a thought experiment. I want to know how anybody can look at someone like Governor Newsom and think nobody's dying from monkeypox, but he declares a state of emergency, yet people are dying every single day from drug overdoses, and they don't declare a state of emergency for that. Totally preventable. Yes, because it's an agenda by the global elitist, and they want people to be dying of opioids. They don't want to correct that problem. They don't want to. They're not interested in that. The people that rule this world are interested in in, it. Creating them so much chaos, pain, suffering, stress, fear, etc. We know that, and that, and that's why to look at these things from a three D standpoint, there are no logical answers to them because it's not intended. It's not intended to be a, a wonderful place. This is not intended to be utopia. It's intended to be hell on earth. There's the answer to your question. You know, I've said this many, many, many times to you, and off the air and on the air. So there's no point to really get frustrated about it because that's the world in which we live and it's not going to change. It's one observation to see things from that point of view and and to understand that in the complex, which I get that. It's another thing to look at individuals like governors and politicians and media, etc. and understand, obviously, why they do the things they do because of their backing or because of blackmail or threats or whatever the case is, what's politically correct, their reelection, whatever. It's another thing to look at an individual and, and be able to like sit somebody down and, and ask them, why do you ha- like for let me give you an example. I drove through a, a neighborhood here in Tucson a few days ago, and I swear to God, the, I should go back and film it like the whole neighborhood from one side of the street to the other, all the way down the, the, the block, Ukrainian flags, every single house. And I think I said, you know, thinking I've asked people directly about this before that I see them in public with a Ukrainian flag or like a shirt or they're holding up a sign you, you care more about Ukraine than you do your own neighbors and your own country. Why is that? They can't answer the question. Same thing with this. You care more about monkeypox because it's politically correct to care about gay people, yet the solution to monkeypox, quote-unquote, is vaccinating and testing new drugs on gay people, which will lead to them becoming sick and dying. I thought right. you cared about gay people. It's the I don't know if it's cognitive dissonance right. or it's it's just a thought experiment, and I, and I want it's, this to, to be... I want this to be the 
the place where we can discuss this. And then if, if you've not thought of this or don't know this, share this with other people to spark those conversations. Go ahead. It, it's about inversion. Once again, those that have some authority, that have some influence on society will invert everything. So instead of them doing the right thing to try to correct the problem, they're there and they're in place to keep things as, as the status quo as they are. It, 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 it's insanity, right? It's, it's absolute insanity. But again, it comes back to inversion. Don't do the right thing. Promote that you're doing the right thing, but you're really not doing the right thing. It's obvious to see. And that's the frustration of living on this in this actuality or this reality. Let me give you a perfect example of this. It's one of the most astounding things, I think, because um, I've never really been involved directly in political processes. Since moving to Arizona, I, did, I voted in the, the, um, the uh, primary here for the state, and I was reading about candidates, and I was I, just an example. This is, I think, probably the best example. Uh, the lady that ran for governor on the Democratic ticket, her name is Katie Hobbs. She's the Secretary of State. This woman has been sued twice because she, as Secretary of State, uh, and uh, I think it was, I think it involved, uh, uh, it was a staffer in 2015. She was fired and she was retaliated against because she had requested a pay increase and everybody else got a pay increase, but she didn't. And she said she believed it was because of the color of her skin, because all of her white colleagues got an increase. Now, normally I wouldn't care about a story like this because it sounds like political nonsense. But the, the juries, they found this lady, Katie Hobbs, guilty twice of refusing to pay black staffers and women the same amount of money. And she's a woman, the same amount of money as other people. Twice they found her guilty. Then she issued the most Will Smith-like insincere apology that sounded like it was read directly off of a script. And yet on her website, I read it. She has a section that says, we understand. I understand. This is why I want to be governor. I understand how, how horrible systemic racism is. And we've got to do something to push back against this racism, especially from the Republicans. Right. I'm sitting right. there reading. And I'm thinking you were sued twice over. You, they The court declared you a racist and a sexist. And yet people still vote for her. And one of her big policies, Jack, is rather than helping you know, the, she says she wants to help the average Arizonian. Her policies include cutting taxes on tampons for men. Swear to God, that's on her website. So you can there buy you tampons as a man without paying taxes. And somehow right. people line up and yeah. vote for her. And, and that's before the men become pregnant, if yes. they're still menstruating. Yes, so. the pregnancy tests uh, will hey, also be tax free. Listen, man. You know, I have zero confidence in the voting system because it's all rigged and it, it's all a bunch of BS. And these people talk, talk out of both sides of their mouths. It's it's obvious, you know, how do you know when a politician's lying, when their lips are moving, all of that. But I am, I do have faith in the voting system and I actually will be voting tomorrow. And uh, it's going to be for the board members of the local Elks Club that I belong to. So there you go. I am involved in the process. You're involved in the political process. See, I don't, yes. I don't trust people either. I think one of my biggest issues is I never thought I was informed enough. And I know that regardless of what your political affiliation is, I know that most people informed or otherwise don't really care to read both sides. Like I read the Democrat and the Republican uh, 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 opinions or what their, uh, their policies would be if they were elected. I read through both sides 
And there were some Democrats I agreed with more than Republicans. I can openly and honestly say that. But, at, you know, the thing is, voting blue no matter who and voting Republican or voting conservative no matter what, what's the other one? Vote red no matter what they said. Vote blue no matter who. That is, that is the opposite of democracy. That is, the, that is just an absolute, well, I mean, I guess it is democracy. It's the opposite of a democratic republic. It's just absolute mob rule of ignorant, stupid people voting for other stupid, ignorant, power-hungry, money-hungry people that just want control and power. If you don't know what people represent, you don't understand the rule of law, you should not be voting. Just you, But you can't have that conversation with people. In the same way, no. here's another example. In the same way, you can't have this conversation. Everybody's terrified of viruses. But during the pandemic, some people still believe we're in a pandemic. Some people I would talk to, I would tell them, everybody who's testing quote-unquote positive or people that have been quote-unquote confirmed cases are deficient in... Uh, Various nutrients. Eighty percent of the people that tested positive are deficient in vitamin D. Most of the people that test positive and get sick and die, or don't test positive but die, then it's assumed that they had COVID nineteen. They've got heart disease. They've got you know chemotherapy and radiation and surgery with cancer. They've got you know ten prescription drugs they're taking. Ninety five percent of the people that died died of four additional comorbidities. They didn't die of. COVID, they died with COVID. The same, in the same way that like 95% of the monkeypox cases are gay men with multiple partners. Whether you believe that or not, that's the official line. So if that's the official line, it's quite ridiculous that we don't look at the fact that if that's the reason people are getting quote-unquote sick, then I shouldn't have to worry. I shouldn't have to be forced to take a vaccine or wear a mask because I'm not unhealthy, because I'm not having gay sex with 15 different men a week. This is the, the, the hypocrisy, and this is the nonsense. This is... Just like, for example, here's a study that came out, was presented during the Alzheimer's Association International Conference. 10,775 people surveyed, and it was a, a study that's being peer-reviewed. Eight years of this study, Jack. And it found that people who consume 20% of their daily caloric intake in highly processed foods, soda, breakfast cereal, and frozen foods, had cognitive decline, and executive function decline. And the article goes on, as far as the study is concerned, it, it's common sense, and they even reference that it's kind of common sense, it's common knowledge. But as the article goes on here, it says, and this is the link to the study, that Alzheimer's runs in people's families, and that it's genetic. And I sit there and I think, okay, I have not been to medical school, to be fair. But I also think that it doesn't run in people's families. It's not genetic. It's because culturally and traditionally, if you're eating this way, and eating this way can be proven, as it has been multiple times, dozens, hundreds of times, to contribute largely and to cause cognitive decline, executive function decline, so basically mental impairment, then it's probably not your genes. It's probably that you're just continuing to eat like your family has, and that's what's making you sick, and that's what's impairing your ability to think and to, and, and to, and to, and to function. In other words, it's not genetics that we just, oh, it's the genetics, I can do whatever I want. It's not, well, I don't exercise, so that's why I'm fat. It's because of the things that we're eating. And it's because we do the things that we've always done, we're going to get the same results. We try to blame it on somebody else. We try to blame it on, on something else. So this is one of those things where, yeah, Alzheimer's can be caused by poor diet. But it's not genetic. It's because of the poor diet. And it only becomes genetic in association with families that continue to eat the same way because that's how they were raised. It's just like the, the AAA study. 
with the we're concerned about alcohol, but not that 50 to 70 percent of all drivers are taking one to three prescription drugs and then driving impaired. Monkeypox hasn't killed anybody officially, yet we have a state of emergency for that and not for the hundreds of thousands of people dying from fentanyl and from opioids and from opiates. It's totally not only a double standard and hypocrisy, it is such an inversion of reality that the only conclusion you can come to is that the people that declare these things and ignore the facts, ignore the details, either are so incompetent, incompetent, negligent, and ignorant, and arrogant, and egotistic, and um, they are clearly basing these decisions and the talking points on political or you know personal agenda or whatever they work for, the agendas and the biases, or these people are not human and this is some kind of alien takeover. It, you, oh. And it might be both because you can you, you cannot dismiss so much hundreds of thousands of people dying from 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 preventable diseases from both millions from diet and from drugs. Not a peep from media, not a peep from a politician, not a peep from even most doctors. Listen, it's about indoctrination. It's about uh, manipulation. Uh, it's about psychological manipulation and some people just take it hook, line, and sinker from a very young age, and then it gets entrenched into them. I mean, look what's being taught in the schools and at the university level. So many well-intended souls, but so many misguided ones. And again, this is an insane asylum. There's no other way to objectively describe it. So that's why I said at the beginning of the show, I've kind of removed myself from all of these things. Once you know the score, you know the blueprint, there's really no real reason to participate with the matrix. As a matter of fact, you want to just disassociate yourself from all these things. It's, it's all about preserving your own energy and not getting this level of frustration that you're experiencing and that so many other people experience because it's never going to add up. It's never going to make sense. That's not the, it's not meant to make uh, sense. It's not meant to, it's meant to do exactly what it's doing to you with your level of frustration or anger or fear. And to all the other people that look at this stuff and go say, why is the world this way? Because that's the way it's designed. That's the way it's designed to play on your emotions and drain you and create negative emotions. Well, no, I, I, so the only way that you can beat, you know, that you can win in this life is to, first of all, understand it and acknowledge it and then try to avoid it as much as you possibly can and not allow yourself to be pulled in. Um, to the uh, level of negative emotions that it can create. That's the way, the only way you can beat the bastards. That's, that's my state of mind right as it, as it stands right now in, I, in I, August of 2022. I agree with you, Jack. I will add, though, that I think that disconnection doesn't mean that you don't pay attention and that you don't make yourself aware uh, and I don't know how you feel about that, but we need to be aware and we need to ask questions and we need to try to inform people that might not know. I think that's yes. all that's all part of the process that, of not fine. becoming absorbed in it. That's fine. But you can only do what you can do and you can you can change the world on, on uh, at your own level and you can volunteer and you can help other people. But to try and 
fix big societal problems like why aren't they, you know, why aren't they talking about opioids and that? Forget it. It's a waste of energy. It's a waste of time. I'm not, you know me, I'm not saying ignore everything in the world that's going around you, but just don't buy into it. Just acknowledge it and say, well, I'm going to do something to change the world for the better that I have a direct impact on. But above and beyond that, the big picture stuff, it's just there designed to get you all worked up and, and draw on your negative emotions. And that's what feeds the system. I think it, I think it's so ironic. And we've got to hit a few stories real quick because we're almost out of time. But I think it's so ironic. I was flipping through those news stations last night and I watched CNN for a few minutes, some local news stations for a few minutes. And I saw Fox News for a few minutes. And first of all, they need a new lighting team there. That's the worst lighting I've ever seen in my life. Fox News has horrible lighting. They have, um, you know, they do have people that do on Fox and other stations, their radio networks and whatnot that talk about opioids and fentanyl that are Republicans. But I find it interesting because they, they draw the line when the commercials come on and all the commercials on Fox News are for drugs. So it's like it's OK to take pharmaceutical right. prescription drugs, but not fentanyl. And it's just it's it's just another double standard. Here's real quick a story. This is the New York Times reporting this. Nationwide shootings are down 4% this year compared to the same time last year. In big cities, murders are down 3%. If the decrease in murders continues for the rest of 2022, it will be the first year since 2018 in which they fell in the United States. This is August 8th. New York Times. Nobody's telling you that murders down, gun violence down. And even beyond this article, I've got a copy from the FBI of their, their statistics. Gun violence, like gun-related incidences, are down hundreds of thousands of cases. But every night okay. on the news, mass shootings, so, mass shootings, mass shootings. So the, the New York Times, who you can't trust as far as you could throw them, comes out with a report that says that uh, you know, violent crimes are down. And then CNN comes up with a story that says violent crimes are up. You know, spin the wheel, flip the coin and decide which way you want to believe. And that's the way the world works. So the people that wherever they get their news source and they they trust these news sources, then they're going to form their quote unquote opinion so that they think that this is true or not true. You tell me, how do they know that violent crimes are down by three percent? I don't buy it. They throw numbers out there and it's always there's always going to be conflicting stories on the other side of the coin and you just decide what you want to believe, but that doesn't mean that it's true. Not you. I'm saying well, people no, I get, decide what they want to believe and th- and that's their truth, but that doesn't mean that it has anything to do with truth. No, I get what you're saying, Jack, but the, we, we slightly disagree on this because although, yeah, sure, if they report 140,000 cases, it might not be exactly that many. It might be 100 less, 100 more some things might be recategorized or, re, you know, in, into different categories. But when you have the statistical data from uh, different precincts, different states, and that all gets compiled federally, I'm not saying it's 100 percent accurate. And they even themselves, the universal or the Uni, uniform crime report, it, it's acknowledged that it's not perfect. It gives an idea of how many crimes are committed, what is reported, et cetera. And since at least the 1980s, 1990s, crime rates have been declining, 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 according to what has been reported and what has been cataloged. So my point is, for some reason, every news station is focused on crime, 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 murder, 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 mass shooting, mass shooting, mass shooting. But if you look at the statistics for what is actually occurring, none of these things, the things that are happening, yes, there's a shooting, but statistically, 
there are less shootings this year than last year and the year before and the year before that. Okay, but that only affects your life as as far as the neighborhood and the city that you live in. So what bearing does it have on anything? I uh, recently, actually last week, had a conversation with a, a police officer. We're, 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 we're almost out of time, so you okay. got to be really fast. So, so what I asked, because this particular city that I was in had a reputation of, of, a, of really high crime and whatnot, and I said, what, I want to know, I'm new to this community, what's it really like? And uh, this woman told me, she said, it's not violent crime, it's more drug-related. Yeah. And I said, are there areas of town I should stay away from? She said, stay away from downtown. I said, yeah, but there's a lot of bars and restaurants there, and that's a place that a lot of people go. She says, just don't be down there after 10 o'clock. That would be a rule of thumb. I said, why? What's going to happen? She says, well, who knows what might happen. I said, am I going to be approached by panhandlers and some of the things you've mentioned? She said, maybe, but the bottom line is you might be approached by somebody who's really high on drugs and they're unpredictable and have no idea what they may do. So that is affecting my daily life. It helps me know what to do, where to be, where to stay away from. But as far as national statistics, what bearing does that have on anything? Well, this is where we might disagree because I think it has a drastic bearing. It has a bearing on how we view our communities, how we view our states, how we view our country, how we view the world. In other words, things aren't as bad as we're told in relation to some of these things like gun violence, gun violence. Gun violence is not what we're told it is statistically. And I think that shows us the world might not be as scary or as frightening as, as we're led to believe it is. But also, that, on the other hand, it may be worse than the statistics show, Ryan. That's my point. I get what you're some, saying. For some, for some people in some communities, it is absolutely worse. And that's why it's weird when we talk about like a black community, for example, that suffers more from poverty and abortion and, and gun-related violence, why we're concerned with and, BLM movements when it's the black communities that are and, killing themselves. And you can drive through that neighborhood and see it for yourself, whether it's good, bad or indifferent, whether it's as good as it's worse than it's being reported or better. But when you see it with your own eyes and you experience it directly and you have how it affects your life directly is more important in my eyes than what any statistics show. And unfortunately, we're out of time where we'd go into more detail on this next story. But I did discuss it on a show last week. Social isolation and loneliness increase the risk of death from heart attack and stroke. American Heart Association scientific statement. I think this is a common sense story. Social isolation and loneliness are associated with about a 30 percent increased risk of heart disease and stroke or death from either. Common sense, but also scientifically validated. It's by design. The powers that be want us to be isolated. They want us to be feel lonely. They want us to feel disconnected with whatever source there is that is this creating source. That's just perfect, perfect examples of, you know, uh, staying at home, working remotely, um, you know, the social distancing, all of those things that uh, COVID brought in absolutely designed to create uh, isolation and loneliness. Absolutely. And that is precisely my point tonight on the show. We're so concerned about health, 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 health. We've got to isolate ourselves, wear a mask, not shake hands, don't see each other, don't see our grandma, grandpa, friends. But isolation and loneliness actually will make us sicker. It will actually lead to heart disease, stroke, could even lead to diabetes and other conditions that, you know, or at least exacerbated. It doesn't cause diabetes. Fat does that more so than loneliness. But the point is it can make us very sick. 
And then when you die of heart disease or stroke or something because you're lonely and depressed and anxious and worried, they blame it on a disease. Right. When it's it's the policy that went in place to, to protect you from the disease. Right. The system always creates inversion. And it, and what they tell you to do, the exact it, it does the exact opposite. <laughs> it's usually, so it's usually the exact are good opposite. For, you know, good for your health? No, they're not. You know, so... You just have to be aware of that and be street smart about it. And uh, we got we got to we got to go be observant and live your life in that fashion uh, to try to escape this scenario as best you can and not play into it. Thanks for having me on. And I hope to be on again soon. Certainly so. Jack, our good friend and co-host. I'm Ryan Gable. www.thesecretteachings.info. Rdgable at yahoo.com. Please subscribe to our show. Please grab a copy of one of our books. That is the only way that you support us and keep us on air Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, right after Ground Zero and Clyde Lewis. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. Jack's website, messengerof.info, and The Secret Teachings will be back tomorrow night. We might have another guest on tomorrow. Stay tuned.